Well, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of the Basic Blues Podcast right here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, joined tonight by a very special guest, uh, co-owner of Basic Blues Nation, Matt Thomas. Matt, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you? I, I don't know if I'd use the word special. Um, I think some of your, your listeners will be a little, a little disappointed after something that you've had in the past, but happy to be on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Matt and I have gotten to work together uh, quite a bit in the past 90 days or so, uh, both of us working at Basic Blues Nation. Uh, definitely be sure to check out uh, Basic Blues Nation in general, everybody, uh, especially on social media. Again, that's at Basic Blues Nation. All kinds of written content uh, on our platform, Penn State football, Penn State recruiting, uh, basketball, wrestling, pro lions, anything, you name it, we got it. And so uh, Matt and I got you covered from that end of the spectrum. And also check us out on Facebook at Basic Blues Nation. Uh, trying to grow our brand and uh, keep you covered with all things Penn State athletics throughout the 2023 season. Um, but Matt, obviously the, the, what we need to talk about tonight is surrounding the Penn State football team and specifically fall camp uh, 2023. Um, it's underway, obviously a lot of hype going into this season. The AP poll drops and Penn State comes in at number seven overall in the country. Um, what are your expectations for this team? I know those two games that are really circled on the schedule are Ohio State and Michigan. But in general, what are your expectations for the 2023 Nittany Lions? I think you about covered it. It's it's uh, going to be an interesting season. I think it's probably the most exciting of an offseason buildup that we've had um, in, in our lifetime. Um, I think you kind of laid it out. It, it's a two-game schedule, once again, the same way it was last year. Um, I think the the general tone of the fan base is that anything less than 10 and two is a disappointment. Um, but I, I really do think that there is a chance that this team can knock off one of those big two can get Ohio state or can get Michigan. Um, you know, I look at last year as a team that peaked early. Um, it was a team by the end that was led with a lot of young uh, talent that is now back this year, you know, with Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, Abdul Carter, just to name a few, uh, I really do think that this team could pull off something special if all the cards fall the right way. Yeah, well said, man. I think uh, you're 100% right. It, it does feel like the one year where you can go to Ohio State and potentially knock off the Buckeyes. It's not going to be an easy task, but you think about their offensive line concerns this year specifically. It sounds like they're just having all kinds of issues at the offensive line. Unfortunately, Penn State doesn't get to play them until – um, October. So by then they usually find whatever problems they have and find solutions to those problems. But that was a game that obviously is going to be uh, very telling for how the 2023 season will go. Penn State has some interesting matchups before they get to that Ohio State game. I think one that stands out to me is, is that Illinois game on the road. Um, whenever Penn State has played in my lifetime on the road in a central time zone. So you're talking you know, that 11 a.m. kick, like that's just a, those games are end up being a lot tougher than you'd expect. So certainly one I'm looking out for uh, prior to, you know, going up against Ohio State. Obviously, Iowa is going to be an interesting matchup with uh, the whiteout this season and, and Kate McNamara over there now. But long story short, um, yeah, expectations could not be higher for the Nittany Lions going into this uh, 2023 season. And specifically, we've been learning a lot about the team through fall camp updates and, and fall camp in general. 
Matt, I know you were on campus uh, during the, the Penn State football media availability, you know, listening to Coach Franklin interviewing players. I think maybe one of the players that might be interesting to talk about right now is wide receiver Dante Cephas. I think you've got to spend some time with him individually. Um, and so just what were your, I guess, first impressions on, on Dante Cephas from maybe a maturity standpoint or, um, you know, as far as other players that are transferring into a program, does this feel like he's fitting in well? And, and do you feel like he's uh, at a good spot as far as, you know, overall happiness? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I think my initial reaction, and again, it could just be because media day is an intimidating, I think, scenario for everyone included the media side and players too, because it's just like a free for all uh, for an hour. But uh, he was a lot more soft-spoken than I think I would uh, have expected. Um, I talked to him just, to, you know, basically about what his thoughts on Penn State initially, you know, what attracted him to come back here, the, the wide receiver, coach transition, et cetera. Um, I, I, think, I think there is still some work to be done. Uh, and I think uh, James Franklin reflected that in comments that he's made so far through fall camp. Uh, one of the first things that he said – uh, media day uh, at the beginning of August. So this was the third day of, of camp was that Dante Cephas still has some work to do, still has to get used to transitioning life in the Big Ten. Uh, and I think that's kind of bore out over these last couple of weeks now as we're, we're near the midpoint of camp where, uh, what was it, Monday afternoon, he basically said that there are no receivers pulling ahead right now. Um, so I think given that that is one of the positions of, of concern going into this season, that kind of sends off a little bit of, of alarm bells. I mean, again, it's still, there's still a lot of time before West Virginia comes into town on September 2nd, but uh, I think that is one of the storylines that is worth watching here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think the, you know, wide receiver is such a unique position because you can rotate and just like on the defense side of the ball, you know, we'll see Manny Diaz rotate a ton of bodies in, especially early in the season. But you have to imagine wide receivers, one where, you know, Keandre Lambert-Smith is that guy where you'd assume he takes over the number one role, heard great things about Harrison Wallace. But behind those two guys, I think it's just going to be by committee until someone steps up. And I think that's the good thing about having that West Virginia game week one, because you're thrown right into the fire. You're playing against a power five opponent. But then you have that Delaware game the second week of the season. And by then, you would hope that someone would be standing out or someone's going to make a play or say, like, I'm going to start taking over this role, um, you'd imagine that Dante Cephas is in that conversation as that kind of third option on the offense as far as wide receivers go. You have to imagine Amari Evans is in that conversation, right? He looked really good in the blue-white game. Um, Liam Clifford as well. He's, you know, great hands, great route runner. Um, so there's a, quite a few options there. And then it's, there's other players that you're thinking about, you know, like Caden Saunders, like where does he fit into the rotation at wide receiver this season? So there's, there's a lot. I would say there's enough talent on in the wide receiver room to obviously make uh, this uh, season become very special for the Nittany Lions, but it's going to depend on, uh, to James Franklin's point, separating from the pack and not just kind of being part of the wide receiver room. You want to be the guy. And so it's interesting to see, um, you know, Dante Cephas uh, transitioning to that, um, the wide receiver room. I think one of the things that stand out to me, Matt, is that, I, by default, when, when Cephas committed to Penn State, everyone's like, oh, boom, this guy's wide receiver one. And now you're kind of realizing that there is going to be an adjustment period for this guy. I don't think anyone really accounted for that. Um, and so it's a little unfortunate because I feel like expectations were, you know, 
maybe unnecessarily high for this guy going into the first week of the season, but obviously he's a player that's going to contribute on some level. It just might take him, you know, a little bit longer than people expected. Yeah. I I mean, I think he's done it before. Like we've seen him do it against the likes of Georgia and other power five teams. Um, I think they played Virginia tech too. Um, Don't quote me on that exactly, but I, I think you said it. The entire room is one of, I think frustration because we've seen it in flashes, right? We've seen what each of these guys can do when they put it all together. It's just about the consistency and getting them to put it all together, you know, more than just once or twice in a game. So I think if if they can get that squared away with the the stable of running backs that the Nittany Lions have, and of course, Drew Aller, um, I I think it could be a really, really uh, potent offense this year. Yeah, I I agree, man. And I think it's, again, the hype is, next level for this team going into this season. I think one of the questions we got asked on social media uh, prior to recording this podcast was just kind of about, you know, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. You mentioned the running backs there. And obviously they're split because, you know, there were times last year, I think that, you know, we're we're trying to figure out who is going to step up in each game. Um, Obviously uh, Allen and Singleton had different games where they would take over individually. Now you get to a point where it's like a one, a one B situation um, and you start thinking about, like, how are we going to utilize both players effectively without obviously overrunning one player versus another and obviously making sure that the reps are somewhat equal so that, um, you know, no one's frustrated. At the same time, if someone has a hot hand, you can't just take them out of the game because you want to make sure that everyone's happy. So how do you see the usage in the running back room breaking down as far as the full body of work in 2023? And do you see – Singleton or Allen getting more reps than, than one of the other players? Uh, well, it was very fortunate whoever asked this question because I basically asked Coach Sider the, the same question uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'll be honest, I, I think the answer was a little bit of coach speak. Um, he basically said that managing the workload is easy for him because they're both so talented. And he knows that he can take one guy out without seeing the drop off. Um, he basically said that the, the more challenging thing for him as a coach is making for that, making sure that the threes and the fours are at the same level so that they can get rot- rotated in without seeing too much of an issue. But in terms of, of the in-game managing and uh, how all that works, he basically said it's like a field thing. You, you just go with whatever you're feeling at that time based on who's out there and what they're doing right. So, I mean, I, I expect that we, we see more of that to come. I mean, I think I wouldn't be entirely shocked if Katron Allen is the, the first one to, uh, to try it out with the ones against West Virginia. Uh, actually, on, on one of the podcasts that I do, where we just recorded last night, we were taking bets on who's going to score the first touchdown of the year. And I, I think it could easily be a Nick Singleton long run that gets stopped down inside the 10 and then Katron Allen's the one that pushes it in a, across the goal line. So I think we're going to see more of what we saw last year from those two. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just in such a fortunate situation to have two Balcal uh, running backs because it's just such a hard situation um, to kind of go into without having, you know, usually when you go into a season, you have Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders obviously was great behind him, but during to have them at the elite levels that they're at at the same exact time in the same class, um, it's just a very interesting, you know, situation that you go in. And then obviously with the world of NIL and, and trying to keep everyone happy, and then obviously there's poaching going on on some level in college football right now. Uh, I think Penn State is fortunate to have kept both players, um, especially with just kind of general thoughts on, you know, Katron Allen playing his, his ball, high school ball down in IMG and, 
you know, who, who knows who was reaching out to him and things of that nature. But it's it's great to see them both back um, for the 2023 season. I think they're both uh, capable of having special seasons. And then they brought in Trey Potts from, you know, Minnesota to beef up that, uh, you know, the depth behind them in case, you know, God forbid there is an injury this season and um, someone else needs to step in. Or even when we saw versus Northwestern um, in the 2022 season where Allen and Singleton had some fumble issues because of the weather. They had to bring in Kayvon Lee at, at different moments of the game. So you never really know when you can use a veteran back to kind of calm things down versus when the stars are kind of always, you know, out there and shining. So, yeah, I, I certainly could see a, a situation where Katron Allen is the first player to score a touchdown in 2023. And I think it would be uh, – I mean, that moment, Matt, is going to be incredible when uh, Beaver Stadium explodes for the first touchdown of the season. Yeah, it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great atmosphere that first game under the lights, uh, NBC kickoff. Uh, one thing I will say about Katron, too, I do appreciate. Uh, I like to ask the players, you know, what goals do you have for the season? And, I mean, obviously they get coached up and they, they know how to deflect and everything. But I do – Katron was really the only one that was straight out, like, told me what's on his mind. And he, he said he wants a 1,000 yards rushing. So I, I do appreciate that. And I think based on what he did last year, um, we will see it. But – but yeah, no, the atmosphere is going to be is going to be incredible. Um, can't wait. It's going to be interesting, I think, especially breaking in a new starting starting quarterback to see how they handle that. Um, you know, it is West Virginia, and West Virginia has been down, but it's going to be a good test, I think. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think the the starting quarterback nugget is is important to note, right? Because right now the the likely starter is Drew Allar going into Week One, obviously. Uh, Coach Franklin talks about the competition that exists between him and Bo Perbula, and maybe that is the reality of the situation. But I think everyone um, outside of the program expects Drew Allard to, to take the first snap of the season as quarterback. Um, you know, we were asked about kind of the offense surrounding Drew and um, expectations kind of going into this first game. Do you think that they will – scale back the offense at all or do you think that they'll just let drew kind of go into the game with an open book um because it's it's obviously a confidence situation with with drew because he has not really made a mistake in college yet do you let him kind of get full reign of the offense and kind of throw a deep ball in the beginning of the game and just you know let everything you know hang loose or do you rein it in you know rely on that run game and then kind of slowly get drew involved like what do you think about the breakdown between Allar's uh, first start if he if he is a starter. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see something more bland. I mean, just because again, like we said, West Virginia is one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve. Um, you do have talented running backs. I wouldn't be shocked to just kind of let them them do their thing, and then hopefully by that point, uh, the you know Penn State's already up by a decent amount. You really don't have to open up the playbook a little bit, um, but. In general, I am expecting to see a lot of the running backs the first month of the season. Um, you know, it is, you know, we're not playing directional school U. You know, we're not playing, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. But there's four Power 5 matchups on the schedule. There's three Big Ten games. There's two Big Ten road games. So, with a, with a first-year starting quarterback, whoever he may be, uh, I do expect to see uh, Mike Yersich and James Franklin rely a little bit more on the run game than, than maybe you would hope. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do, especially with the the game plan. Obviously, I think the weather will play some kind of role in that too, if it does uh, rain or anything like that. But I, it's just going to be exciting, I think, when um, whoever the starter quarterback is for Penn State this year on the jumbotron when they announced starters, and uh, if it is Drew or if it is Bo or whoever, 
it's going to be electric just to hear Beaver Stadium erupt. I think once they hear another uh, a new starting quarterback for the first time since the 2019 season, just because again, this is not a, a, a shot at Sean Clifford. I just think the the fan base is starving for a new face uh, to look up to. I think that's kind of why there is so much hype going into the season out, you know, especially within the Penn State community is that again, no, nothing to discredit what Sean Clifford did, but I think at some level people were just kind of tired of watching Cliff trot out there. And, you know, there's so much excitement and hype around Drew and obviously there's national media recognizing, you know, Allard's talent. And so there's a lot of expectations riding on his shoulders. Um, I have no doubt that based on the interviews he's done with, you know, different media outlets, it, it sounds like he has, all of the traits and characteristics um, where he's a hardworking guy that wants to do the right thing. And he wants to prepare like, you know, football is his full-time job. And so I'm excited to see what he can do this year if he is a starter. And uh, obviously I think everyone's kind of hyped up around Drew and, and what he can do in, in 2023. Um, Matt, you know, the other thing that has been interesting throughout fall camp, especially when they had the open practice last Saturday is special teams, which is coming up into a huge topic, right? If, if this is the team as great as the roster that Penn State has going into this season, special teams replacing long snapper, kicker, and punter, um, all three of those position units are now gone on to pursue pro, uh, pro careers. And so the challenge becomes, you know, obviously Penn State has talent at all three positions, but we don't, it's like a lot of unproven, untapped potential almost. And so you, I, I wonder if there's going to be a rotation on some level, at, at least at punter, um, to start the year, just because there are really three guys in that in that hunt right now. And then at kicker, it sounds like Alex Falcons has a slight lead, but again, it, it's hard to determine based on the inconsistencies. I think from the kicking standpoint that they've seen in practice, from what the media's been able to see. Like, what are your thoughts on, I guess, special teams in general, and do you have a uh, I guess any insight to, you know, who's going to be the place kicker, punter, um, things of that nature this year. Oh man. Special teams is rough. Uh, uh, um, uh, it's special teams. is just, it's such a feel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we even see last year, Barney Amore starts the season so hot. He's the most popular player on the team. And then he, you know, hits a slump. It's kind of almost like baseball in a way. Um, you know, it's kind of been a bugaboo for, for these teams of late. And, you know, you have the rotations and, and all that kind of stuff. It's really hard to say. Like you said, Falcons is probably the leader in the clubhouse now. I wouldn't be shocked to to see him be the, the one when, when everything's all said and done. I think I saw some stuff earlier this week that Gabe Nuosu is doing some good things too. Um, but it's just really hard. Like my, my strong opinion is I don't really care who it is. I just want to see consistency. Yeah, no, I think that's fair because, you know, and that was the deal with Jake Penninger last year is that he could drill a 55-yard field goal in the pouring rain with the winds blowing east to west. But then if it's a 23-yard field goal, you know, first quarter against Ohio State, it's wide left somehow. So it's just the inconsistencies that make you want to pull your hair out. You hope that that can be resolved. You know, Falcons comes in with a lot of um, credibility on his belt, right? He comes in from Columbia, has all the accolades you want to be successful um especially at penn state and so it's just more of a matter of getting reps i think in game in in beaver stadium in front of the crowds and obviously on the road as well but you would just hate to see season on the line need it need a crucial field goal or need a, a successful punt within the 20 
and have either of those situations botched based on a special teams mistake. But, you know, it feels like Stacey Collins has a, a good grasp on coaching those, those position groups up on special teams and we'll see how, how it all shakes out. But so far it sounds like they've, they're off to a bit of a bumpy start, but hopefully that'll be ironed out here in the next couple of weeks before the, uh, the 2023 season. Bring back the days of Kevin Kelly and Alex Butterworth when everything was so simple. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, uh, Matt, I think that's all I had for you tonight on this edition of the pod. Uh, appreciate you joining me, of course. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I have to reiterate, um, please be sure to check out Basic Blues Nation on, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and obviously check out my page at Basic Blues Pod. Um, and my name is Morgan Chapman. And I'm the host of this podcast, hopefully coming out with weekly editions of the show moving forward as we get closer and closer to the 2023 season where the Nittany Lions are set to hopefully do special things. And again, a big thanks to uh, special guest Matt Thomas for joining me tonight on the episode. Yep. Thank you, Morgan. Everyone go out to make sure and read Morgan's work. He does a really crackerjack job and I would like to eat. So the more you read his stuff, the better off we all are. So absolutely. Thanks. Of course. Have a good night, buddy. Uh, thanks. You too, Morgan. Thank you, everyone.